You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Whether you need a battery for your truck or batteries for your trail cameras, Interstate Batteries has the batteries for your everyday life. Stop into a local retail location. They have thousands upon thousands of them all over the United States. Or go and visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. When you post hunting photos on Instagram, they get censored. When you post on Go Wild, you get virtual fist bumps from fellow hunters. When you buy gear on Amazon, you gas up a billionaire spaceship. When you buy gear on Go Wild, we donate to a camp that teaches kids to hunt, fish, and shoot. See the difference? Go Wild is a free social community built by hunters for hunters. Join today at DownloadGoWild.com, and I'll give you 10 bucks just for setting up your account. And you'll keep unlocking Go Wild rewards as you share content, because guess what? We like hunting pictures. Join at DownloadGoWild.com or in the App Store. The Southern Ground Hunting Podcast is brought to you by Spartan Forge. It's forged in combat and tailored for hunters. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can start your free 14-day trial today by visiting SpartanForge.ai and you can use the code SOUTHERNGROUND, that's all lowercase, all one word, SOUTHERNGROUND at checkout, and that'll get you 25% off of your purchase. If you're wanting to know more about saddle hunting, well check out TetheredNation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you'd like to support the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, you can visit patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. We offer two different tiers for our patrons that offer a solid list of benefits. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting. And now, let's get to the show. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, fellas, it's been a good week. It's been a very good week. It's been a great week. So, why don't we do this? This is quite possibly the largest group that's ever been on this podcast at one time. Uh, uh, Listeners, please be aware that we are um, in the middle of the woods kind of just hanging out and uh we're splitting microphones and so there may be some microphone noises we're not in a a normal podcast studio or anything like that so we got a pretty cool group of guys so we will start at my left and run clockwise around and everybody just kind of introduce yourself tell us who you are so we'll start with you i am your father (laughs) (laughs) Reginald (laughs) Reginald. This is uh, Randall McDonald And glad to be here with this uh, group of guys And uh, had a great week Oh yeah, it's been a lot of fun This is Andreas Atai I'm with the Meat Eater Crew What do you do with the Meat Eater Crew? (laughs) You cook? I'm a professional chef (laughs) Yeah (laughs) I make the best camp food for shoots. That is actually pretty true. He's also the the group warrior. He's the group chef. He's the group producer. And he's Matt's father. (laughs) 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 
I don't know what you're talking about with that last part. Well, Matt, care to speak? Is it okay if I talk, Andres? <laughs> <laughs> that says it all. All right, so we got Andre. You guys, y'all went out of turn. I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> Andreas uh, works for Meat Eater. Probably the guy, the the guy that kind of talked with me first. Um, other than, of course, Mark, but uh, we kind of got everything together for the trip, and you were communicating with me everything that we would need on our end and stuff. So uh, it turned out really well, man. Good job. Good job for you and everything you've done, all the work you put in, and, you know, being here the whole time and enjoying it. I, I've had a lot of fun, and I think that, uh, like I told you before, this was the trip I was looking most forward to. Once I find out, once I found out we were coming down here, I've done stuff similar to this in California, and it's really enjoyable. And being on the water is a really cool part of experience and you're the guy to go to for that thanks man appreciate it all right i'm uh, bobby jerig i'm one of the camera guys here meat eater um here in alabama for the first time and couldn't be more excited bobby you guys y'all were like my first uh like experience with like like y'all know your stuff man like throwing around all this terminology and like it's it, it's really weird with everybody following around and stuff that first day, but y'all are some dang hard work, hard workers. Like oh. y'all are always going. It's pretty cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, just trying to trying to keep up with old Mark out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dylan Lenz. I am here with the crew, running a camera as well, and trying to follow Mark, trying to keep up with him as well. It's interesting on on my. Um, a meter right here where I can see the audio levels. Bobby, I was like, is there mic even on? Like, I can't even see. And then Dylan gets on Sorry. there, it's like, <laughs> all the way up to the top. I'll tone it down. <laughs> all right. I am Matt, and I work with Meat Eater. I'm an associate producer, and I uh, kind of do a bunch of logistics, but on this shoot, I'm just here to help everybody out and get stuff, take some photos, and uh, I'm just excited to be down here with Parker and Randall and Mark. And it's been a it's been a heck of a week. I'm grateful for it. Camp Firemaker. Firemaker. Yeah. Dude is legit at making some bars. Fire goddess over here. <laughs> the fire. The god of fire. <laughs> All right. Can I just handhold this thing? You can. I don't even. I don't have my headphone amp, so I don't even know what kind of noise it's making. Well, it's probably like. <laughs> you know. So. I'm Mark. Mark Kenyon. Mark Kenyon. Glad to be here. Mark Kenyon. Isn't there a guy that has a pretty good podcast named Mark Kenyon? Yeah, I wouldn't associate myself with him. That's a <laughs> different that, Mark Kenyon. Is that Mike Canton? <laughs> no, I'm. I'm, my, I'm did I, it's not like Mark. I meant I'm Mike Kenyon. Is my name <laughs> from the South? Um, let me ask you this, Mark. So we've had a a pretty long week. You know, we're all kind of tired. We're trying to figure out about this podcast. As far as this podcast goes, I don't want to. I don't want to give anything away, right? Like I don't want to give, like what, ha like what happened on this trip, or you don't want to give away anything. Any, any uh, that's up to you. This podcast comes out like tomorrow. 
So you can we can share whatever you want in here. I'm fine. You can scoop it. Well, there's only like 10 people who listen, so it's really not going to be a big deal. (laughs) That's not true. That's not true. But, yeah, the Southern Ground folks, you guys can get the first scoop. Why not? Okay. All right. Well, then, cool. (laughs) So Mike Canton's here and (laughs) definitely not associated with Meat Eater. Right? Like, just no. So we've uh, we've had these guys in here in camp this week. It has been killer. Me and Dad always do the rutcation, so anybody listening, you know, that uh, it's something that we do every single year. Dad comes down here to Alabama, and we try to kill some public land bucks, and and uh, usually turns out pretty well, and it has not disappointed this week. Um, I think everybody with a gun got a shot off. There you go. True. True. Some of us more than one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Dad's actually the only the one only that one. shot once. <laughs> shot one yep. time. Um. So, before we, I don't, I don't want to like give it away completely. I want to know like who had the strongest, uh, like, did anybody here expect it to just like the hunting to just suck? Like it just be like, oh my god, this is going to be miserable. We're not going to see any deer. It's just going to suck. I don't think I thought of it that way. I just knew it was going to be a struggle, and if we were successful, that was going to be, I don't want to say a miracle, but you know, something very special. Yeah. And you're from Wisconsin. Yep. So y'all have a lot of deer in Wisconsin, right? Like a it's a pretty high density. Yep. And I know you guys have a lot of deer here too, but I know you have probably even more hunters. Yeah, that's not that that is not false. Um so anybody else have any strong opinions about what they thought like maybe strong negative feelings about what this trip was going to be? I'd say that I knew it would be challenging. For Chal- sure. Challenging. challenging. <laughs> challenging, <laughs> challenging without any. Agri- I know it would be with no agriculture around here. I thought I'd have a hard time finding the deer, but if you open your eyes, sometimes you can see them behind the logs and behind the trees and big bucks. Uh, you betcha, they're big bucks. <laughs> that's how I sound in Parker's head. It's, I'm pretty sure when he hears true. me talk, that's what it sounds like. I, it's you know, you're right. Like, uh, for everyone, for everyone listening, Parker told me earlier this week. That literally all the words I say bother him because of bother. my northern accent. I didn't say bother. So, I just said they kind of suck. So everyone who's listening, sorry about that. Sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, I was uh, thinking that maybe there would be some deer. And um, I knew it would be challenging, but also you were pretty hyped about this time of year in particular. True. You, know, you were telling me, man, you couldn't pick a better time to come down here. Um, they're going to be moving. So public land in Alabama, in the big woodsy kind of stuff, I knew it would be tough, but I was actually hopeful. Yeah. And coming off of a hunt in Maine that I was just on where I didn't see much action at Jack, all. Jack, yeah. Um, Jack, did we see? <laughs> we're not going to scoop that one. That podcast isn't out yet. So we'll keep that one. And we'll keep some anticipation for that story. Um, but I was feeling like this would be a great antidote to what I just came off of. Yeah. And um, was just thinking there would be, you know, Activity like it would be some adventure and there'd be some deer, and that was enough for me. Yeah, I think I sent you a picture like two or three, two days before we got here, before you got here, of a beach that was just like tracks on track on top of tracks on top of tracks. Well, yeah, you know, you really didn't do a good job of setting low expectations. You know, we talked earlier, (laughs) you gotta keep it like low expectations and then over deliver, but you were sending me like a bajillion track pictures, and then you killed a really nice buck a few days before I got here, so. 
I came in, you know, all right, it's, it's on, <laughs> feeling good. So, so yeah. So you it wasn't necessarily negative. You just knew like, hey, it's gonna it's gonna be tough. I it's gonna be tough. And then you know I always I've said this earlier this week a couple different times, but one of the most consistent things I hear from you know folks within the wired hunt community is man we need more stuff in the south you guys like i love listening to your stuff but it doesn't really relate to us as much there's a lot of stuff where i was like it's not like what we have here down the south so i just knew there'd be this other thing this different thing that i had to experience and had to see and feel for myself so that i could finally you know relate to all these people down in the southern states who experience a different kind of deer hunting world so I, I was just really interesting, interested to see what that'd be like. Did it, was it, was it, were you pleasantly surprised? I'd say I wasn't surprised. It was, it was, it was what I expected, I think. Yeah. I think it, it, it was, um, it's interesting. I've had a really interesting year traveling to a lot of different parts of the country and chasing deer and seeing deer country and. Deer are deer everywhere. Sure. And deer country, in a certain way, is is deer country. It looks a little different. Every different place has its own flavor and its own spice and its own feel. Um, but there's something, I don't want to say uniform, but there's something central in all of it. And I feel that here, too. Like, I feel at home here, even though I'm far, far from home. Being in these woods, in some strange way, felt like home um this is kind of a roundabout way of saying that while there were certain elements of it that maybe i was surprised by i felt very comfortable here Mm -hmm. and even though it's different in a lot of ways than what i've done the past um you would kind of tap into something and all of a sudden you'd be like okay yes i'm I'm in the flow of something here Mm -hmm. I'm, i'm picking up on things that i can start to put together um so yeah i don't know if i answered your question yeah that was perfect (laughs) Um, what did you guys think when you saw the first deer? What was the first thing that came to your mind when you saw the first deer here? Holy cow. I can't believe we're actually seeing one. <laughs> and can actually, like, get it on camera. Dylan didn't have that experience. A whole lot on our other shoots. <laughs> I was thinking, don't screw this up. <laughs> this might not happen again. How would you feel about the size? They're small. For sure. I feel like you need to talk more in the microphone, Bobby. They're uh, they're they're small. It's surprising. I uh, I've only seen a deer up close up in Montana, and I feel like uh, some of the white-tailed does I've got are bigger than the bucks, which is was interesting to see. Yeah, it's uh it's it's really funny. So when I was hunting Kentucky the first time, I saw a doe, and I thought that's got to be a giant buck right now. <laughs> like it's got to be a huge buck. And this doe came off the hill, and I was like, what in the world? She's that, huge. She's massive. That is that is a, a true thing. It is so interesting how much smaller the bucks are, the deer are here. But it's actually harder to tell at a distance. Like at a distance, I'm seeing them and I'm assuming this looks like a normal deer just because you're in the moment and the action's going. But as soon as you walk up to it and you get close, and then you have like some something to have context against, like a human body next to it, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I realize, whoa, I just killed a large dog. Um, like it's, <laughs> yeah, that was eye opening. So, um, eye opening. Uh, yeah, eye opening. So, guys, we uh, the, the southern guys listening to this are gonna really appreciate 
they're going to be like, yeah, they talk terrible up north. <laughs> they're all going to be in agreement. Like, yeah, call them out. Call yeah, them out on that. Yeah, yeah. What are some things that I have said, some words that I use, or things that I've said that you're like, that is not at all how you say that? Hold on. That that you've said that like, I think you say like, wrong? Well, yeah, yeah. What are some words that I that I've said or dad said? Oh man. Uh, all, the all dictionary? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Heel. Kill heel. Kill? <laughs> I say hill. Yeah, also you say hail wrong. You say hail. You say hail. Hail. His name's Hail. H A L. Hail. That has an E at the end of it, man. His name is Hail Blood. <laughs> hail Blood. How? Hail. How? Hail. 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 Now you're talking no, about hell. where, like, you're going to where hell. you go and you die. Hell? Hell. Hell. Okay, you okay. You said the same word twice. All right, hold on. So there's hell. Then there's you're going to hell. Hell. And then there's hell a cab. Hell. And then there's hello, which well, is a weird thing you said. We're not taking that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm not offended, but keep hell. going. I, I, I honestly uh, am just an appreciative, polite Midwesterner, so I would never <laughs> dare critique the way you speak. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> okay. Well, touche. Um yeah, I, I think I think there's a lot of you've asked me a lot of questions this week. <clears throat> Think like things that maybe you should be focused on that might be different from Michigan or mm-hmm. Iowa or some of the other places that you've hunted. Yep. Um, and I just I, I'm interested to know from you and all of you guys. I mean, everybody here is a hunter, so if anybody else has has something else, you know, uh, that you want to add to it, like like. What do you feel like your chances, Mark, would have been had we not like? And and I'm not telling you this to try to set you up for tooting my horn or anything. If you didn't have anybody kind of showing you, you know, like what what I was doing and and kind of showing you the the southern the, like technique, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your chances still would have been pretty good? Like, do you think you could – is it close enough here to what it is at home that you feel like you could have figured it out in four days? So, for context for people, um, what we did is we came and spent a morning together. You and I went, and I just followed along to see how you access these places and see how you think about locations, and you walked me through, like, these are the kind of spots I like. This is how I'm keying on certain locations. These are the habitat types I like yada 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 and I picked your brain and all sorts of stuff um, so definitely helpful um, you know in particular probably the biggest thing that was helpful for me was as a whitetail junkie of sorts and a podcaster and all these things right we take in so many different ideas and strategies and ways you can go about doing this kind of thing and so I've studied how people do it in the mountains, how they do it in the big woods, how they do it in the agri- and the agriculture, how people do it in the plains, yada, 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 all over the place. Um, so I have a, like a large database of ideas and things in there. Um, but sometimes when you go into a new area that you aren't as familiar with, it is hard to know, like, which file do I pull out of the database that applies here? Mm. Which of these files will work here? I think that takes some time 
to get into an area and start seeing, okay, this is the type of thing that works here. This is how you key in here. Um, and so what you did really nicely for me was help bring a couple things to the top and then give me more confidence in a couple of those things. Because one of the things that I've talked about a lot on the show and when I've been out there in the woods is that um, when you don't have real on-the-ground experience in a certain place, just that lack of confidence in knowing what's most important or knowing that, yeah, if I trust in this thing, it'll eventually work out. When you show up cold turkey, you're thinking, well, could be this, could be this, could be this, could be this. And that is an unsettling feeling sometimes when you can't trust anything. So, for example, coming into an area like this, I know with my Midwestern experience, I am extra sign dependent. Like, I love seeing tracks and trails and scrapes and rubs and droppings and all these things because when you're trying to kill a big mature buck you're trying to find these concentrations of deer or concentrations of big buck sign or whatever it might be or beds and you can see that very clearly in places where there's lots of deer and so if you're not seeing that somewhere in michigan you're definitely in the wrong place but in my experience coming down here and also when i was in arkansas earlier this year it's the same thing um, you're not, at least what I'm being told by Clay and you and other folks, is that you very well may not see that in places. But actually, if you would trust this thing or that thing, they will eventually come through. And so what you did for me that I probably wouldn't have was you confirmed for me, hey, man, you're probably not going to see as much sign. You might not see as many deer. But if you trust some things, like a couple key t- uh, key terrain features or really the thing I kept returning to is like look for the X that marks the spot look for these different habitat types that all come together and converge together like those edges where you get those edges intersecting really will draw and, and define deer movement and that's something that like is, a, is a, a general rule that applies in a lot of places within the deer hunting world but what was helpful was, was for you to help remind me like hey that's going to be one of the best things here that's gonna, going to be one of the only things here so don't be too hung up on sign. Don't be too hung up on trails. Don't be too hung up on this and that. Um, look for those habitat edges, and that's going to help focus you. And so that was one of the things that when I started hitting the ground myself, I kept near the top of the pile. Now, I was still looking for other things that apply elsewhere that I care about too, but I knew, like, hey, if you've got the habitat edges, you can feel, like, a certain amount of trust in that. While when I was in Arkansas, same kind of thing, and clay the guy who i met with down there was for him it was man trust the saddle trust the terrain like around here that's one of the big things there weren't many edges there was very little covered um, diversity it was just one monoculture of the same age timber mm-hmm. and the only change you had were these saddles and these terrain features and so there was man you gotta you just gotta trust that because there's not gonna be signs there's not gonna be these things that you want to see and here it was the edges and so that helped really focus a lot of what I did. Yeah, and it, the, the crazy thing is, is you went in there and uh, maybe had more buck sightings than anybody else on the trip. Yeah, Dad, you saw, no, Dad, you saw a lot of bucks. Yeah, we had the, uh, one doe being chased by five different bucks, I mean, just sprinting through and and in, in about uh, 20 seconds, I, it was an incredible few moments. And yeah, then I, so and then I missed. Had he, yeah, had he not had that encounter, like you, you probably had some of the most consistent buck movement. I think, like just all throughout the day, just seeing bucks, um, and 
I thought that was pretty cool, man. Like, and I know we've mentioned it a lot, but we haven't mentioned it on the podcast. Like, I, I, uh, I've never been to the area that you were at. I've never, I, I, I've been there actually. I've never hunted it for deer, um, to the exact spot. And you went in there, and I mean, do you want to tell people? Yeah. Tell do you want me? Do you want me to tell the story? Or do you want me to tell the ending? All in favor of the story, say aye. I want to hear the story. Yeah. I want to hear the story again. Okay, so I will I will fast forward through some of the stuff. We spent, you know, a morning together kind of learning what you do. And then I went out and went and explored a new area that evening by myself. And then the next morning decided to go to a different zone, mostly outside of, because of weather kind of pushed me away from a certain zone. We had a big thunderstorm coming through and high winds and stuff. So I thought, all right. Um, there was a general region that you said, hey, you know, this is a spot you'll be able to go with the wind, and there's good deer numbers in that area, too. It'd be worth, you know, checking out. So I went down to this area, and first thing in the morning, headed up to this point that kind of extended out into a little bit of an amphitheater of sorts, um, envisioning the way – this is something that I actually had picked up from a number of guys I've talked to. I remember doing a – episode of my podcast where we talked to a bunch of different hill country hunting experts and there was a guy named justin justin um uh i should remember his name but i don't he hunts in missouri and he was talking about how one of the main features he really loves in hill country are these turkey foot type situations where you've got a ridge with a bunch of spur points or horseshoe situation with a bunch of spurs dropping down points dropping down like a reverse turkey foot, or you'll have the opposite where you do have a turkey foot going up. The thermal um, hub. Thermal hub. So That was what last week's episode was all mm-hmm. about thermal hubs. So. Yeah. So, you know, I, I got to this point, and at daylight, I'm studying the map, and I'm looking around me, and I say to myself, man, I've got a turkey foot. I've got a thermal hub type situation here. Um, I imagine, this being the rut down here, that there should probably be some bucks cruising around here, and this is a spot where no matter what direction these deer might want to get to, this is very likely a spot they'll have to pass through to get there, the kind of path of least resistance, rather than cutting straight across draws and the steepest points. They'll drop down these points and go up the other side. Um, so I thought, hey, this is a feature that's worth trusting and giving a little time. Weathered a mega thunderstorm, just a gnarly one, and in the middle of that, a buck came cruising down one of those points, just like, <laughs> like I was hoping they would. Um, like, it, it, like, we're not talking about, like, it kind of drizzled and maybe a little bit of thunder and lightning. Like we were, we didn't hunt that day because we were like, nah. <laughs> and uh, when we woke up, Dad, I mean, it was like it was. It was, it was bad. Pretty scary. Yeah. There was tornado warnings in some places. Was it really? Yeah. I, I kept I kept looking, but before the storm hit, I was hearing the thunder in the background, like coming our way, coming our way, and I kept checking the weather app, like, okay, is this gonna get dangerous? Um, and it didn't. But there was there was one. I saw a couple bolts come down, like within eyesight. I was like, eh. And then there was one crack where it did feel like the sky just ripped open on top of us. And Dylan was, I, I was kind of turned in Dylan, the cameraman's direction. Do you remember this one, Dylan? Oh, yeah. And I kind of like jumped and like looked up and I was like, oh, jeez. I was rolling for that. That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's logged. Yeah. And I was just like <laughs> curled up in a ball, holding my hood down as much as I could. I should be pointed out that my cameraman had brought tree umbrellas. So they were under tree umbrellas, and I had forgotten to bring one. So I'm just in my rain gear. And just Mark like, Kenyon is no Bear grills. I'm not. <laughs> yes. And and so I was just, you know, trying to be as small as possible and as weather tight as possible and was 
kind of miserable, but we made it through. And in the middle of it, while Bobby, one of our cameramen, had to go use the bathroom, um, I, <laughs> I spotted the buck come rolling down the, down the hill. How far did Bobby go <laughs> to, to, to use the bathroom? Bobby, how far did you think you went? I, you know, I walked for maybe five minutes. Um, I was trying to find some good good cover because it's raining so hard. And I, <laughs> you were in the X. There's three different types of cover that yeah, come together right there. It's funny because he says he walked for five minutes, but it took us an hour to get up there. Later. Oh, my gosh. We, we later went and scouted. And I'm like, all right, buddy, tell me where you went to the bathroom so I don't step in it. And he's like, oh, I got a long ways to go. I went to the road. I'm like, you went to the road? <laughs> like, I didn't even know there were roads out here. And we kept walking up the point, up the point, up the point, up to the top of the mountain, like right to the end of the property. And nope, went further. <laughs> Still over this way. I mean, he's not supposed to talk about that. <laughs> and they're like, why did you walk so far? He's like, I didn't want you guys to see me. <laughs> You're a good sport, Bobby. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Did you get it all out? That's the real question. Like, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, was it worth the walk? The coffee hit me, and I couldn't even let the storm stop me at that point. <laughs> hey, there was a like storm this. brewing inside, huh? Yeah. That storm was so gnarly. Like, I took off. Right. Matt was sitting in his hammock, and he should tell you what happened. But he has photos, or he was taking a video, ser- like serendipitously, lightning Ooh. struck like 20 feet from him. What? Yes. Yeah. Matt. I was 20 feet from you. Yeah, you were uh, 20 feet on the other side of me from the light. Uh, yeah, I was in my hammock just letting the storm pass and uh, just taking some videos of the, the rain hitting the top of the hammock. And then uh, just got a, a wicked lightning strike and kind of, like, fried the video on my camera. And I could pause it and, like, see the kind of everything purple and outside of the end of the hammock. Wow. So it was super close. Like, it was the thunder happened at the same time as the lightning. So that was exciting. That was what woke me up. I mean, yeah. I was literally, that woke me up that day. I like the lightning story if there's more of it. That's the extent of it. That's it. I'm still here. Okay. It was like a happy ending. <laughs> um, was that like a subtle way of trying to get me to speed up the story? Are you still telling your story? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, Andreas wants me to speed it up. So, so yeah, we... Had this buck come through. I couldn't get a shot at him. He was like 150 yards away. It was raining, pouring rain and windy, and could never get a clear shot and see him. So we're on one o'clock. Decided to scout. Took a long kind of scout route. I wanted. To, I didn't want to be just hunting this one spot blind and not have seen anything else. So I looked at the map, found some spots that looked of interest to me, and decided to do like a looping circuit and scout around. And if I saw something I really liked, I would stop. If not, I would circle back to this turkey foot and sit there again for the evening and long story short and you can tell me anything you want me to expand on but the short version is i found an area i really liked where i had these different habitat types converging and i had the confirmation of uh some great sign that i ended up finding and i found what i believe to be several really good bedding areas that could be downwind of and i thought man that is a recipe for rut success and so we ended up posting up there that night didn't see anything there that night but came back in the morning sat there again and had a lot of action on that day um first thing in the morning had two bucks cruise through downwind of that edge and neither one i I could not get a shot at either one but would have it should be pointed out that coming into this and talking with you about what kinds of deer we probably see out here and how difficult it is that you know it was kind of the consensus that it'd be a good idea to take a crack at any legal deer would be a good deer with the time i had and the situation we're in so i was going to take any buck so 
first buck came through like a little forky and i was trying to figure out a way to get a shot to him and then i noticed a bigger buck behind him and he was like a little bit better like six pointer i think maybe it was an eight if he had brow tines i'm not sure um but where i was positioned i could just see him at the bottom of this draw very briefly and then they disappeared behind this point for like 30 seconds or something and then they'd pop out on top of the ridge and what ended up happening is that each of those couple moments i had were just like super brief passing through and then lots of cover and junk and couldn't get a clear shot of either one so after they passed through i was like okay i need to move and try to find somewhere to position myself just a little bit better so that i would have more time if more deer come along that edge and sure enough four does came through and did the exact same thing and in my new position i just moved we're hunting on the ground um i'd moved maybe like what, 30 yards maybe um and from this new angle i had a much better shot down into that bottom so the does came through could have shot them was hoping there'd be a buck behind them was not uh we sat there the rest of the day and around middle i don't know noonish 12 30 you know we've been there for six and a half hours seven hours the all day sit crazies right kicked during in the midday sillies yeah the midday sillies we were uh <laughs> throwing acorns <laughs> at each other and also like these guys have got to have like a microphone oh, i have a microphone on and they both have headphones in to hear me and so i was sitting there eating my lunch and i'm thinking man i'm sorry like you have to sit here and just listen to me chew all day like when i'm eating these snacks i thought that must be so miserable to have like my chewing in your ears and we were kind of joking about that and i was like you know what let's play a game about you know there's if you got to have my voice in your ear all the time i'm gonna hum a song for you and you guys have got to guess what song it is <laughs> and whoever guesses first gets a quarter and these so these days get really long out there <laughs> yes they do so for like 15 minutes i hummed songs to them had them try to guess and we were cracking up and we were laughing pretty what, are, what were some of the songs we it did was I, johnny cash yeah i did walk the line by johnny cash living la vida loca <laughs> 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 yeah uh can you recite some lines from that uh song please well, so it's just humming so it's like <laughs> imagine that right in your noggin right in your head. <laughs> <laughs> while you're trying to look for deer yeah. at the same yes. time like yes so we needed this little pick-me-up in the middle of the day and then sure enough, and I even said, I think, we were throwing acorns. I'm like, guys, we're probably going to call in a buck with this racket we're making because we were scratching in the leaves trying to find acorns. And I literally said, I bet you we're going to call in a buck like this. And like 10 minutes later, here comes a buck. He comes dropping off the ridge, heading towards this pine edge where the bedding was. And I see him. I tell the guys, like, hey, there's a buck coming. I'm going to shoot him. He's and a pretty good buck, too. Yeah, I think he was a two-year-old. Yeah, I guess. like a solid a solid deer mm-hmm. for for the amount of days that you had i mean like you showed me i saw the, the screen, screen grab of it video. i was like dang man that's a good deer yep uh like a tight eight pointer and um he came down the hill stopped for a while behind this uh like cluster of trees i could just see his face between the trees and he was standing there kind of staring in our general direction, just kind of stock still. So I kind of tried to position myself. I, I think I would I kneel or stand. I can't remember. I think I stood for this because um, I was trying to get a view down to him. And he started walking down the hill, and he got into an opening. I tried to stop him with, like, a rat, And then I, I think I did a rat, and nothing. I was like, rat, rat, something like that. And he never stopped. Kept going. And he I knew remember, it was your accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, He's like, like that ain't no dope. I don't understand that. <laughs> what do they sound like down here? It's more of a. 
You gotta start with an M. Matt? Yeah. Matt? No, that's too Mag. nasally and Mag. It's too nasally and northern. <laughs> but it's funny, leading up to this, I, I forgot to mention this, um, but those two bucks that came through, after they came through and I couldn't get a shot, I was sitting there like beating myself up about not being able to have gotten a shot. Like I've had three legal bucks now, the one the day before, and now these two, that have come through within range, and I haven't been able to get a crack at one yet. And I was thinking, man, you're like, you're being too, you, you got to force, you got don't not force it, but you got to find a way to get a shot in this stuff. Like they're constantly moving, they're cruising through all this timber, and it's hard to find a spot to get a shot. But I was thinking to myself, man, if you get any little opening, you got to stop them some way, you got to take the shot some way. You can't not get a shot at one of these deer that's just moving through this stuff. You got to figure out a way to make this work. And so now, this new buck, this is the fourth buck of the trip now, comes through. And I remember thinking, like, you're going to get a shot at this deer. You have to get a shot at this buck. So he's coming through. He's moving. He won't stop when I try to stop him. He finally stops behind some tree, behind a cluster of trees. And I remember seeing him stop, and I looked through the scope, and I remember saying, okay, that is the back edge of his leg. I can see, like, that tree is covering his shoulder. But if I aim just behind this tree, that's going to be his vitals. That's his vitals. I'm, like, oh, I'm taking the shot. And I remember putting it on there, letting it rip, and he runs off. And then I, he ran behind stuff I couldn't see. So I sprint like five, ten yards over to try to see him better. I run to another tree, and I'm seeing him. He's running. And I'm like, I can't, he's not, I can't tell if he's hit or not. And he stops and starts walking. And I keep on hoping he's going to keel over, but he's not. He kind of walks slowly up the hill. So then I aim, or I put my gun up against the tree and aim up there again. And he's behind so much brush. And he just gets into a little bit of an opening. It's it's a brushy opening, but I'm like, I'm going to pop one more in, in this spot. And I click, and the gun misfires. doesn't fire. I, then I rack it open, and I see that it had never caught the bullet when I tried to chamber a second round. So I chamber around again, and now he keeps walking, and I can't get the follow-up shot. So at this point, I'm like, guys, did you see? Did I hit him? And we're all like, I don't know. He didn't. Act, I don't know. I, I didn't know what happened, but I wasn't feeling good about it. And um, am I taking too long with this? No. I do this sometimes. I just start no. talking, and then I keep talking. Um, it's a good story. So I'm like, all right, let's go down there and see if there's blood. Find the shot site and see what happens. And in short, got down there, and as I'm walking up to the spot where he got shot, I was like, oh, I know what happened. And you could see that tree he was standing behind, there's a bullet hole right in the edge of it. <laughs> Inch and a half off of the edge. Clear as day. Didn't come out the other side. And so I was like, oh, clean miss. It's right in this tree. So was very disappointed. I was real upset about it. Um, you know, it's no fun to have put in all this work and have that happen. So was very disappointed, but figured, all right, well, let's get back up to the post and no use uh, sitting here complaining about it. The only thing to do is keep going. So got back up there and resituated and did some interviews and talked through some stuff. Talked a little about dealing with adversity and growing from that, yada, yada, yada. And just figured, you know, if there's been three bucks that have cruised through here already today, could be another one. You know, it's, it's going on. This is the right spot. I felt really good about, you know, what we we're seeing and how deer were using it. And sure enough, three o'clock. We were, I guess we were just sitting there. We weren't really talking or anything was going on. I just heard a, you see your leaves scratching. And just looked up this ridge, 
and right away when I I heard the sound I looked up and then you could see a leg pawing it was a deer making a scrape across the valley so the little fire drill went on again I was like, God, God, coming across the way I'm gonna shoot him and um, I got positioned this time in a seated position and I was hoping that I'd be able to see him from that angle and he came down the hill and uh, was gonna shoot him as he was moving to the left and then I'm like I told the guys I'm like all right I'm taking him and then right when I said that he spun and went back the way he came and started going the other way and then started angling up the hill a little bit and he stopped and uh, it was quartering away and I remember aiming a little bit back and letting it rip and I felt pretty good and steady and he went running off definitely hit and I was you know excited about that but at the same time I did have like a flash in my head like I think I hit him back more than I wanted to I remember thinking like the hit looked back but he also looked like really hurt when he was running off like he didn't stop and hunch up or anything like a gut shot he didn't do any of those things he just like took off like a bat out of hell um so I will I will fast forward a lot of stuff now to make this quicker we tracked him and bumped him out of his bed left came back to camp hung out with everybody you've got a buddy he's got a tracking dog he came in much later that night we waited like 10 hours or nine hours or something yeah. since the shot it, it was justin moser for you guys listening uh i've had him track a lot uh, a lot for me just impressive like just impressive dogs man yeah like <laughs> they are so good it's an art i was blown away yeah. about these dogs and how efficient they are they're awesome. you guys saw also i i saw disappointment in mark's face whenever the dogs got we got to the shot and they went the opposite direction right. of that deer i saw it dude you're like that's not the way they went that's not the way <laughs> we're never finding him. he's dead he's gone i'm never getting this deer but it was like very quickly it was like no they're just working it out mm-hmm. you know they're just going through their whatever their their doggy brain and yep. working it out how they do it you know and uh i thought that was pretty cool yeah those dogs yeah. those dogs work magic and sure enough they went off and did their thing and what was really cool is seeing you know how justin works with them and how he can see what they're doing on gps and tell that they're on something so all of a sudden it starts beeping saying that they're on point and I didn't really know what that meant. So I said, well, that usually is what they do when they find him. And so then I had, like, a little ping of hope. And um, it just, I've had, like, a, just like, it's been a season where it just seems like anything that go wrong has gone wrong. And so it just felt like, oh, man, this is that next thing. I'm not going to find this buck. It just felt like a foregone conclusion. <laughs> like, this is just <laughs> not going my way this year. And so I just had, like, all those, like, whispers in my mind. So I was definitely in negative town. And when they pinged like that, I was like, oh. And I like had the other voice say, "Don't be too excited. Don't get your hopes up." <laughs> but sure enough, we walked over there, and he said, "Oh, there's your deer." And I think he said, "Hope, hope, there's your deer." <laughs> oh, there it <laughs> is. There it is. There's and, your back. Uh, and I was just very, very relieved and very excited. Dude, I was jacked. I was so excited. I think everybody was excited. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like, I mean, you have this whole crew here. Yeah, the whole group came. Yeah, <laughs> except for Roger, but Roger did give it a, a valiant effort. Roger, Dad sitting here like, who's Roger? Yeah, first. He's just like standing there looking around, like, who's Roger? So, um, so 
dad had I would I would say that you probably would have been a okay had the night before we not done the same thing with dogs and gone up and down the mountain up and down I mean, the hill trying to find that deer oh and, man I don't fault you at all for not wanting to do it again and that uh, the dogs would bark and I thought okay maybe they're on something and and eventually it was just what I thought I saw in my head just must not have been and must have missed the deer but when I saw that big huge hill that we were about to go up <laughs> on Andres was behind me and, and uh, I said I'm going back I'm not I can't I can't do this not to stay up nothing so, wrong with that Andres I did say Andres didn't you, you have, you've never said Andreas. I have not you haven't said Andreas once <laughs> you, you, were, you were so close oh, to making that hill work Andreas. by the way he was, he was like inches from that hill, and we would have been done. We would have been we would have been there. No, I was what? It was way up there. No, you could have made it. No, I could not. Have. I, I would have waited for you. You would have made it. I was the little engine that could. <laughs> the little short stubby engine that can't. Do it. I couldn't do it. I, no Fastest way. kid in the world. Right, yeah, Parker. Fastest kid in the world. <clears throat> I say that after every hill I climb up here, when is when they're steep like that, you know, and you're like. You kind of stop and catch your breath. That's what my mind says. He's best kid in the world. So, um, dude, it was that was a a wonderful way to end the day mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah, uh, we hadn't mentioned we really hadn't mentioned that I shot a big buck. Yeah, we totally skipped over that. Yeah, we skipped that. I don't know. Bruiser <laughs> eight point. You started talking, and we went an hour later. We hadn't even got to talk about my yeah, big buck. I was surprised <laughs> by this the age you gave the deer because it's hard to when you travel around it's hard to like know what age produces what antler class or inch or whatever you want to call it it's like mm-hmm. it's it's hard for me to tell and I, I was very impressed by it and then I heard how old it was I was like oh that's actually even more impressive because I guess the the way they grow antlers here is different than other places we've gone what would you have said like two and a half years old yeah yeah that's hmm. that's kind of what I thought you would have said yeah but no, he was definitely he's a three and a half year old buck, um, which is to me three and a half out here is mature buck status. Yeah, you're right on the edge, but I, I would consider that to be a mature deer. Four and a half, I think most people is most people's kind of marker, right? Yeah. Would that be pretty close to where you're at? I mean, I've, uh, I when I first decided I wanted to start targeting mature bucks, like top tier bucks. Mm-hmm. In Michigan, I was I, I I set that line at three and a half in Michigan. Yeah, because that's like a that's a top five percent buck in Michigan too. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I, I track with four and a half year olds. Um, yeah, and I think that probably most people would say that's like your mature level, and three and a half is like that tweener stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I should point that. out, we never pointed this out, but I want to clearly point out, Parker killed a nice big old three and a half year old buck. I killed a year and a half old buck. So I mean, you showed me up big time. But I've killed a lot of year and a half year old bucks <laughs> to get to the, you know. I mean, like we've talked about a lot this trip, it's kind of a progression, mm-hmm. right? Like, and it's also like if Dad would have shot a spike one day, and I had the opportunity to shoot a spike, I probably would have done it just so we could double. I don't yeah. think we've ever doubled. No, I don't think so either. Uh, like to like on the same day. Nope. Um, 
So that would have been like I, I love the memories and the experience. And, like it's pretty cool get, to have two of them hanging on the tree together. Yeah, yes, yeah. that, that was cool. So I told you today as we were kayaking and doing all that stuff, I have never kayaked a deer out with uh, another person. Yeah, it was fun. Also, to take a little... also kayaking the deer out. Yep. So Very it was, was kind of interesting. It was like, <laughs> huh? It was quite romantic. Yeah. Well, you know what, Andres? We did have a moment, so don't make light of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I was infuriated and jealous. I couldn't be a part of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, had, we had a good time there on the water. It, it was, was cool. fun, man. Really cool. It, it was just an overall fun trip. Matt Matt is going to speak. I actually want to ask uh, Parker and Randall a question. So you guys are aware of Mark Kenyon and Wired to Hunt prior to this trip and probably had some preconceived notions. Now that you spent a few days with him, what are your thoughts? Like, what was your expectation, him coming down here on this hunt? And then how do you feel about it now after the hunt's over and, you know, we're getting close to wrapping this thing up? Ooh, good question. Um, so I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Mark Kenyon fan, Meat Eater fan, ten times more than I was before y'all got here. And I was already a fan. Like, I was already a Mark Kenyon fan, already a fan of everything Meat Eater does. Like, loved it. But now get to spend time here and to see, like, Dad mentioned it earlier. You went out there when the day that we slept in, and we were like, nah, ain't worth it today. Uh, you were like, no, nah, I got to go. You know, when it's thunder and lightning, you are out there just going after it, man. That was – I think everybody probably feels this way about people like you, Mark, like, like, oh, that guy hunts for a living. That guy has all these manicured places that he can hunt, and he probably doesn't really know. He really doesn't know what he's doing if he gets put in the in the real, you know, in the real hunting world. Like, mm-hmm. you've you've heard that, right? You've sure. heard that a lot. Um, but man, you dang earned my respect. You crushed. It. You went out and killed a buck on your own. In the in arguably the toughest region to kill one um you went out and made it happen i thought that was just just really cool man thanks thanks buddy so i'm to answer your question i'm a bigger fan now than i was before y'all got here and uh, i'll say this too about you guys all the guys that are part of the crew that makes me an even bigger like the way y'all work together like everybody it's like kind of it's like a in one you're a unit y'all are a well-oiled machine and i was blown away to find out that you guys are like freelance guys y'all are just y'all are like hired guns to come and do this because y'all are it was like y'all already had your system all set like y'all been doing this together for years you know i think that was the first thing i told you dad wasn't it It was like those guys don't stop working (laughs) <laughs> They're always going. Since Matt asked a question, can I ask a question? Um, the the camera guys. Yeah. When when it was determined during the storm that y'all were going out, were y'all like, <laughs> yes, or were y'all like, what are we doing? <laughs> I, I'm always down for the ride, but when the wind was ripping when I got out of my tent that morning, I. I initially thought like, oh, we're probably gonna wait this out and then go out after. And when Mark was like, no, we're going. <laughs> All right, just suit up, let's go. Here we go. <laughs> I'll go to the loony bin with you. <laughs> well, Bobby, I'm anxious. To, what, what about you? What was your thinking? Yeah, 
mean, we, we woke up and it was pretty cold. It hadn't started raining yet, so I, I think we made the call not to go one direction on the water. But, um, I yeah, and it was supposed to rain the day before and didn't really rain, so I, I didn't I wasn't too worried, but definitely packed all the rain gear and layers and our handy tree umbrellas. Um, but <laughs> Two yeah, of them. I wasn't overly worried. Two. <laughs> what did you Two. think, Mark? Uh, about what? <laughs> The the like, were you was it like an argument with yourself? Like, should I sleep in? Should I just stay? Oh, or should we go? No, like, it was it was it was crystal clear for me. Did I want to go? No. Did I did yeah. I did I, I know did I know that I should? Yes. So I was like, we're going. Is this going to be fun? Probably not. Mm-mm. But you got to do it. <laughs> and I, we talked about it. Yes, type two fun. Type maybe. two fun. And what I talked about, you know, before the storm hit, we're sitting out there. We can hear the thunder coming our way, and we know what's going to happen any minute. And I said, yeah, hey, here's the deal. Is this fun? No. Is this going to be like a memory that I'm going to look back on pleasantly, yeah, you know, like enjoying it in that moment? No. But deer do move in the rain sometimes. If it's torrential, god-awful, maybe not in that moment, but as soon as it lightens up, if it comes down to a little drizzle or as soon as it stops, you know, that flip can switch so quickly. And if you are getting yourself out of your tent and then getting to the boat and then motor into the spot and then hike into the spot, he might have already came through by then. So I want to be here ready the moment that happens. And I'm not going to miss it. You might only get one opportunity. You better be there. Did so. he just call us out, Parker? Is that what he <laughs> just did? did he just point his finger at us? I didn't mean say, it that way. <laughs> if you stay in your tent and sleep. That's what he did. <laughs> that's what he did. You would have killed your buck that day, I think. Yeah. Well, I'll let you condemn yourself on that one. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know. We had to do what we had to do, and it didn't end up, you know, we didn't end up getting the shot, but I do feel. Um, you saw your first buck of the trip. Yeah, I saw our first buck of the trip. That's so, a pretty big deal. Yeah, it was. Uh, it worked out all right, and, you know, it really was type two fun in that in the moment it wasn't fun. Although there were a couple of times where I looked at Dylan and just started cracking up. I'm like, we are so stupid. Just, <laughs> we're just laughing out loud. The whole time I was thinking, I can't believe I'm with these idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, like, I just had, like, a series of unfortunate events with, like, my rain gear. I had to, like, come down my hood somehow, like, down my front of my chest. <laughs> and then I'd forgotten to put my rain pants on the outside of my boots. So my pants or my boots filled up with water in the torrential downpour. And so everything was soaked. I was literally squeezing water, like, like pouring out of my socks afterwards. So I just was saturated wet. And then it got dropped 20-some degrees in temperature that day. So it was really, really, really cold that whole day. And just thinking, man, this is miserable. But now, today, a couple of days later, like, we're laughing about it. It's a great story. I will look back fondly now on what happened in the past. So I'm glad we did it. Dude, I, you guys have all earned my respect. Y'all are awesome. I, I was, I'm, I'm literally, we're leaving tomorrow. I'm literally, I'm genuinely, like, uh, not looking forward to it because I've had such a good time. Like, I'm obviously I'm looking forward to going home and seeing my kids and be with my family. But like, I wish you guys just move here and we'll just all hunt <laughs> together like this all the time. I love you guys. <laughs> You're awesome. I just want you to stay. Can you just stay? <laughs> you ever ruin your house? Andreas uh, always does make that move. He's like, I'll just come on over Christmas. I'll be there Christmas morning. <laughs> I need to hedge all my bets, Mark. 
Costa Rican don't you, celebrate Christmas, right? Yeah. <laughs> whatever you say, Andres. 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 <laughs> Sounds good. Do Costa Rican celebrate Christmas? This is the only time I've seen Andres render speechless. It's not a hard question. It is. I'm trying to think of all the Costa Rians I know and if they celebrate Christmas or not. Culturally, is Christmas a thing? In Iran, no. In Costa Rica, kind of, yes. So, like, do you get presents on Christmas? Uh, My family doesn't celebrate Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Do you all celebrate? Do you have any time where you get presents? No, we don't believe in gift giving. <laughs> He's not kidding. He's not kidding. Are you really? No, I'm, ki- I'm, ki- I, yeah, I'm kidding, Mark. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I gave you the best gift ever. I'm here. My presence is the best gift. Your presence is a present. Hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Indubitably. Indubitably. Your, your cooking is a gift. Definitively. Definitively. Guys, any closing thoughts? Anybody have anything to close with? Uh, I'll jump in real quick and just say two things. Number one, I will echo what you said about this crew here. Um, nothing that I've done this season would have been possible without these guys and other guys that come along, like super hard workers, always have a good attitude, do so, so, so much good work. So thank you, Andreas, Bobby, Dylan, Matt. You guys are troopers for putting up with me, for chasing me around, for doing all these things behind the scenes. Um, so bravo. Hats off to you. Absolutely. I got one thing to say. Oh. If you take off your rain gear and the keys to the boat are in the rain gear, don't push off the dock. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to find yourself in the water real quick. So do you want to tell your story now? <laughs> Let's just leave it like that. <laughs> just let everybody just just wonder. <laughs> just wonder. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Was do that you know spiritual? <laughs> Was it? Do you know the story? No. Oh, you don't know the story? We're at a lake, and uh, thunderstorms were overhead, and I was a little spooked out by it. So I beached the boat on the shoreline, take off my rain gear at the car, keys are in the rain gear for the boat. I drive up, and the host to the, the dock area where I beached the boat told me to park on the dock instead. So I turn around, thunder's going off overhead, I push the boat off the dock, and I realize, oh shit, I don't have the keys. I have to jump in the water, get the boat back to shore. I drive to town all wet. When was this? <laughs> this this is like when when it was when they were hunting. I did not know that. Yeah. So I got. That's why I decided to skinny dip the next day. That's that's how I found out the water was so nice and pleasant. You got a very eccentric producer. <laughs> yeah. You know, He's from LA. Apparently, I was he told is. that you can't skinny dip in Alabama, but no, you don't a bunch of people were looking at me and really I don't enjoyed think, it. I don't think most people skinny dip in anywhere. I don't think it's a normal thing. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't think it's people a normal thing. People aren't as freewheeling as they are in California. It's very normal. It's a hippie thing. Yeah, it's a hippie thing. Yeah, in California. <laughs> California. Yeah, well, there's hippies in Alabama. I saw two of them today. We don't let those types <laughs> down here. Whoa. That was profound. Don't stereotype <laughs> Alabamans. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the second thing that I wanted to stay, state as a closing thought was just a huge word of thanks to you, Rudolph and Parker, <laughs> for your... <laughs> so, and- Andres can never remember Parker's dad's name. Like The entire trip, he's been getting it wrong. And so we have been One purposefully, 
we one time purposefully been wrong. giving him different R names to try to confuse Andres further. <laughs> so, <laughs> Andres. So Andres, so that's actually perfect. Yeah. Andres. Andres. Um, Are but you yeah. asking me to take my clothes off right now? I will do it. I Anyways, will do it right now. Randall Parker, thank you so much for letting us join your family, Rockation, for being incredible hosts and you know being willing to put up with all the crap that we put you through it's a lot of work i know a lot takes a lot of patience to deal with us and all the different things we're doing um so just thank you thank you thank you it's been a blast well it's been our pleasure thank you fellas guys thank you yeah that was awesome definitely uh thank you guys impressive alabama it's a big old roll tide to that you gonna say it mark roll tide well i have to i have to is that a real question, Bobby? Did he just ask what roll tide he means? He did ask yes. what roll tide means. On uh, Andres asked me that same thing. I guess we don't follow. We got some non-football fans around here. We are mountain people. men. <laughs> <laughs> we exist That's in the mountains. The LA, guy. <laughs> the LA guy. I'm a mountain man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll tide is like the. Uh, how would you slow? Uh, what's yeah, the word? As like for? slogan for Alabama yeah, football, Alabama football uh, or yeah. just Alabama. It's the Crimson Tide. University of Alabama. So you say roll tide um, roll. Now I post on Instagram that I was down here hunting in Alabama, and then I said something like, "For this week only, roll tide." And then I had a bunch of people get mad at me and send me comments and say, "How dare you fall for that roll tide crap?" What I'm supposed to be saying, I guess, is War Eagle. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you say whatever so you want. So War Eagle, because that's that's Auburn. That, yeah, right. Robert. War Eagle and so Roll Tide. War Eagle so. or Roll Tide, whatever. I'm a fan of Alabama, the state in general. But what school you like? Michigan State is your school. Yeah, Michigan great. State is my school. Go green. Go white. Let's go state. That's it. It's a good place to roll. It's a good yeah. place to end. Michigan yep. State. And cut. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. As always, a big shout-out to all of our partners. That's Go Wild, Spartan Forge, Tethered, New Canoe, and Scree Gear. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. Make sure you check out southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, hats, t-shirts, stickers, stuff like that. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember this, God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time.